passed out. Nothing. It's coming, but it's coming from from whatever this is coming from. Let's try it again. Good morning. We welcome you to this, our 11 o'clock worship experience. To those that are joining us by way of live streaming, we welcome you as well. And you can tell your friends, relatives, let them know that we're here. And that we're here to worship and praise the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will be glad and rejoice in it. Is there anybody else besides me that know he is worthy to be praised? He gave us blessings last month. He gave us blessings last week. He gave us blessings yesterday. But don't you know that morning by morning, day by day, he gives us new blessings. And that's something for us to do like the psalmist said. The psalmist said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. 
It also went on to say that if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. I don't need a rock crying out for me. And I believe there's somebody else here that feel the same way. So let's praise him. We thank God for this privilege to be in the house of prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, we do thank you, Lord. Father, we do not take this opportunity for granted. For we know that there are many that wish they could be in somebody's church this morning. And for that, Lord, we are thankful that you blessed us to be here. But then not just us who are here in the sanctuary, but for those that are joining us by way of live streaming, to be able to hear and to be able to feel the spirit of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for that. Somebody came with a bowed down head. Lord, have mercy. Somebody came with a heavy heart. Father, have mercy. Somebody's having problems in their home. Lord, have mercy on them also. But Lord God, for us that can say thank you, give us the strength and give us your spirit. For we know if we have your Holy Spirit, that everything we do will be pleasing in your sight. Bless us now. Bless everything we say and do. And we ask that you would do it in the precious and matchless name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And thank God. The choir is coming.
Good morning. Our scripture for today is coming from St. Mark, 9th chapter, 17th through the 22nd verse. And it reads, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And whatsoever he has taken, has taken him, and he has formatted and garnished with his teeth and pins away. And I spake to that disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generations, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when they saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and swallowed, swallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Like a child. And oftentimes it has cast him in the fire and on the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on him and help us. May we pray. Almighty God, our deliverer, lift our hearts to you, invoking your blessings upon our worship. You have made us one in our worship. You have made us one of you, one in our desire for your fellowship, one common hope. We thank you, our Father, for this time of prayer and for this place of worship. Set amid our hurrying lives and dedicated to the life of the soul and the service of the faith. So manifest yourself to us as members and friends of this church that all the best in us may be called forth to praise you. For you are the healer of our continents and our God. We pray in the spirit of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Sorry for the stutter step right there. Amen. I'm just a little excited this morning. Amen. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Oh, come on and bless his name. God is a good God. His mercy is everlasting. Truth endures to all generations. And we are just believing, depending, and trusting in Jesus. I heard you playing that a little while ago, Carolyn. It sounded real good. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. I wonder if anybody's trusting in him this morning. Jesus, Jesus, how I, how I prove and all Jesus, Jesus. Anybody love him this morning? 
Oh, for grace, oh, for grace to trust Him. Oh, I wonder if you love Him. Call Him Jesus, Jesus, how, how I prove, I proved Him all. Over and over again, he just keeps Jesus precious. Oh, for grace, oh, for grace to trust him or call his name Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How I trust you, Lord. Prove him over and over, day by day. He just keeps proving himself. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust. We love you, Jesus. We trust you this morning. We trust you this morning. With our lives, we trust you. With our futures, we trust you. With our families, we trust you. With our finances, we trust you. With everything we have, we trust you. With everything we not, we trust you. With everything you're doing in the world right now, God, we don't understand it, but we trust you. I wonder if I got anybody in the house this morning that's just trusting in the Lord. I, I can't explain it, but I trust that God knows what he's doing. I, I don't understand it, but I trust that God is in control. And whatever he decides, whatever he determines, whatever he's allowed, I'm all right with it. Because I trust him. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus, all oh, for grace to trust. All oh, for grace, all oh, for grace to trust. All oh, for grace, all oh, for grace, all oh, to trust. Can you win one more time? All oh, for grace. Oh, for grace to trust Him. If you trusted Him, come on and praise Him. If you trusted Him, come on and praise Him. The Bible says some men trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of our strong God. We will trust. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust. You can't handle it, but I dare you to put your trust. I trust it. I trust in him. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. I trust in him. I trust in him.
God is in control and God knows what he's doing. My God, my God. God knows what he's doing. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Brother Reverend uh, Dunn, God bless you. I understand you have emphasis this morning after which uh, if you will also lead us in the giving moment. God bless you. On behalf of our past anniversary committee, I want to take just a brief moment to speak to you about not just a special day, but a very special day. We know that in the past years around this time, we have taken time to honor our pastor and his family. For a special day, we call Pastor Appreciation Day. Now, at the beginning of the year of 2020, I want to mention that, not one of us in here had a crystal ball or was able to look over the horizon and predict such difficult times for our world, our nation, our churches, and our families because of a COVID-19 pandemic. Yet we have taken it one day at a time Trust in God to help us not just to make decisions, but to make the correct decisions. COVID-19 had a tremendous negative impact on many churches, especially the black churches. But thank God for our pastor. Extraordinary leadership ability under the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit. We were able to respond well and we continue to respond well to this pandemic. Remember the Reimagined series where the pastor introduced us to the new way of doing things? Well, because of that, we were able to continue to worship safely, grow safely, stay connected safely, and serve safely. Well, look at you right now. You're back in church because the church got something to say. Now, the Bible contains many passages of scriptures that encourage us to show pastor appreciation. Now, even though they're 15 or 20, I'm just going to share briefly three with you, okay? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, 13 says this. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize and honor those that labor among you and are over you, the Lord and admonish you. Verse 13 says, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14 says, Even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. And of course, our anniversary scripture from Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, this is the Lord talking to Jeremiah. 
Egypt. Some of you may not realize that. He said, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, if you just look at everything that I have said thus far from a military perspective, any time a person that goes way and beyond the call of duty for someone else's sake, that person will automatically be a major candidate for the Congressional Medal of Honor. Well, Reverend Don, what can we do? I'm glad you asked. On July 31st, 2022, the fifth Sunday, we will be celebrating Pastor's 15-year anniversary. Now, the Pastor Anniversary Appreciation Committee is asking all members to show love and appreciation in the amount of $75. Now, we realize that some of you may be a little less fortunate. If just do what you can. Send the love you can. I know and I also realize that some of you got pre-engagements like for family reunions, you know, uh, 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 visiting their grandkids and class meetings and all that. But they always told me, if you can't go, sin go. And right there, I'm going to say amen on that. So our nation order of service, you know what it is. It's tithes and offering time. Now, this is the time where we all have the opportunity to bless the Lord through our giving. Here at King Chapel, there are primarily three reasons why we give. First, we give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. We give as a sign of our thankfulness for God supplying provisions in our lives. And thirdly, we give simply because we just want to see the kingdom of God grow through missions, ministries that occur here and around the world through King Chapel. Now, there are many multiple ways in which you can give, which include the envelope traditional system. You can mail it in, or you can drop it off by the office. Or you can also use the Cave Chapel app. Now, those of you that are watching us by live stream, you too have the opportunity to thank the Lord and bless him through your giving by utilizing the number that's on your stream. So how much you give, and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. God bless you.
O God, most merciful and graceful, whose bounty we have received, accept these excess, accept this offering of your people, and remember in your love those who have brought it and those for whom it is given. And so follow it with your blessings that it may promote the peace and goodwill of the people and advance the kingdom of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, K Chapel. Again this week, there are new opportunities that you have to take part in the ministry of one another. As I say each week, please keep all of the bereaved families in your prayers. We are saddened to announce the passing of our own mother, Cora Montgomery. Mother Montgomery celebrated her 100th birthday earlier this year. The funeral for Miss Mother Montgomery will be held Friday, July 22nd at 11 o'clock a.m. here at K Chapel. Sister Pauline Henderson lost her daughter, Sister Glenda Diane Culberson. The funeral arrangements will be shared with you when they are made available to us. Sister Gwendolyn Coleman lost her brother, as announced last week. His name was Brother Keith Kenneth Weathers. The funeral for Brother Weathers will be held on July 23rd at 12 o'clock p.m. at the Powerhouse Church of God in Christ here in Jackson. Sister Olive Beaton and Sister Polly Johnson lost their cousin, Brother John Adams. That funeral for Brother Adams will be held in Chicago, Illinois. Please continue to keep in your prayers Brother Walter Cheatham and Brother Larry, Benny Larry, as they recover in rehab. Recovering at home, we have Sister Doris Johnson-Williams, Sister Mary Hart, Sister Sharon Turner-Davis, Sister Mildred Wyvette-Smith, Brother Levi McBride, Brother Sammy Henderson, and Brother L. Levy. Last week, Brother Charles Epps was on this prayer list, and we see that he is here in service this morning. Praise God. Now, on a much happier note, Miranda Warner, granddaughter of Moselle Warner, married Christopher Thurman on June 26th of this year. Miranda is a travel nurse and currently in school for her master's in psychiatric mental health. Miranda, are you here? If not, when you see them, congratulate them on their new wedding. And as I always say, including with the couple that just got married, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Amen. Just before we have the music for the morning, I um, would like to thank the pastor for giving me this opportunity. To Dr. Buckley, to the distinguished guests that we have visiting us from across the state, to my church family. Many times I've said to you that 
It's a poor frog that don't croak in its own pond. Do I need to say that one again? It's a poor frog that won't croak in its own pond. This afternoon, you have a chance to croak. Now, why I asked Pastor, I said, Pastor, you know, I just want to do this this morning because we need to practice. Um, nothing is good, right, brother, without practice. So I need some music. Da 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 Ladies and gentlemen. Da 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 I would like to introduce to you the one, the only general missionary. Stop for a minute, stop for a minute, because see, I don't think you all are ready. I don't see nobody put their purses down. <sighs> okay, let's do this again. You ready? Uh, my orchestra. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you. The one, the only, General Missionary Baptist State Commission, new and renowned president, the one and only pastor of the King's Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, the Reverend. Y'all got it now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, got, I got so excited. I forgot to ask Dr. Uh, Moore up there. Please put up uh, the General Missionary Baptist Convention uh, locator. Now, you did good. But tomorrow, I need to see y'all at Pearly Grove. If nobody else shows up, who will be there? At 5.30. I know the program starts at 6 o'clock. We're not going on CP time. At 5.30, I want to see you where? No. Thymara Hall tonight. Today. Tonight. Today. Tonight. Today. You know, it may be at 6 o'clock, it may be close tonight, but... 5.30 today, Thalmara Hall. want to see you there at 5.30 tonight. And then every day, 
we want to have a good uh, selection of us. Go online. Dr. Moore knows the connection. If you have 7,000, I know you will be getting the notices about the daily schedule, the programs that are available for the general public. Please, K Chapel, your social responsibility is to be there and to be in support of our president. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you all so much. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord, lead 
my God, my God. Lead me, guide me along the way. In other words, don't let me do this by myself. But God, direct, in order my steps. Lead me, direct me, show me. When I'm going the wrong way, point me in the right direction. Because if you're doing it, if you're leading me, I won't be in the wrong place at the wrong time. If you're leading me, I won't end up where I don't have any business. If you lead me, I'll be in your divine will. If you lead me, your hand will keep me and cover me. If you lead me, be in your will. My God, my God. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. We thank God for this day and we thank God for this moment of worship and praise. There's a word from the Lord found in Mark's gospel. Mark chapter 9. Beginning with verse number 17, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. They brought him, the son, unto him, Jesus. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. He, Jesus, asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? said of a child and oft times it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him but if thou can do anything have compassion on us and help us in verse 23 and Jesus said unto him if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to preach from the subject this morning. The church got something to do. The church got something to do. Last Sunday, we wrapped up the series entitled The Church Got Something to Say. I don't know that this Sunday opens the door up to a new series, but it certainly provides the open door for a follow-up that the church cannot simply afford to proclaim the word. 
while it is good and necessary for the church to go on record and say something, to go on record and raise its voice to issues that impact daily life, let us be sure that the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. I believe Reverend Redmond that is the Apostle James who says to us that we should not only be hearers of the word but doers also which pushes us now from just saying something to doing something from talking about it to taking action on it from lifting up the issue to now offering solutions from raising the injustice to answering it with a defined agenda of action. Because the church not only has something to say, the church has something to do. We're living in a critical time when eyes are on the church like never before waiting to see what the church will do and how the church will respond and what answers the church will provide. And unfortunately, in too many instances, the church has come up high on rhetoric but short on resources. Big on talk, but small in our walk. And this text brings to life the question that so many in our communities are asking. This father whose son is sick has been brought to Jesus' disciples. They are unable to heal the man's son. They are unable to provide a miracle. They are unable to turn this man's situation around. So the man brings the son to Jesus and makes this statement, if you can do anything because I took him to your disciples I understand the protocol I, I didn't break rank I took him where I was supposed to go first I let them look at him they prayed for him they put their hands on him they touched and agreed, and he's still sick. Here he is, Jesus. He's been this way since he was a boy. And if you can do anything, this plea for help from this father is laced with a statement of doubt and it expresses what so many feel about the church right now. They believe it's a good place but wonder if the church can do anything. 
It, it, it has a history and a track record and, 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 and it has, has the aura of great wonderful things of the past. But what about right now? Whereas it was once, and I'm talking about the church in general. Generally, people saw and looked at the church as a place of safety and a place that was good and a place that was holy, a place where people could find help and answers and resources and assistance. Now the church presently finds herself with a more skeptical and critical and cynical crowd pointing their fingers and asking the question, can the church do anything? People wonder, is there any power left in the church? If there's still any answers left in our gospel. If there's anything the church can do. And in these few minutes I have with you this morning, I want to answer that question, can the church do anything? With a clear and firm affirmation. Yes, with all that the church has failed to do, there is much more that the church has been able to do. Oh, I know what the critics say of the church. You listen to them and get in conversation with them long enough at some point, they will say the church is morally bankrupt, just full of hypocrites. That's what they call us. You leave the church... Today they're going to say, look at them, hypocrites. They say of us that we are socially irrelevant. We just come here on Sunday mornings and sing and get our praise on and then open the doors to the church and the world is still going to hell. Because the church is busy worshiping, praising and not doing anything. They say of us that the church is relationally separated because still at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings most white folk go to white churches and black folk go to black churches. Relationally we are separated not only by our races but we are separated because we also fight one another. Y'all know ain't no fight like a good church fight. Help me if you can. We'll get to fighting over stuff that don't even matter. Stuff that don't even is that stuff that is inconsequential, the color of the carpet and the color of the pews and, and where the water fountain is located. And, and then we'll go start the greater missionary church. Don't y'all look at me like that. You know we will. Bring 10 members over here and pull away from that church and we'll start us our own charter and get our own pastor. They say of us that we're just politically motivated, a voting block that's more interested in, advan in advancing politics than we are in advancing God's kingdom. Some of it, I'm afraid, is true. It is true that at its worst, the church is some of those things. But at its best, the 
The church is the hope for the world. At its best, the church is the light that shines in darkness. At its best, the church is a beacon that blasts through the stormy nights, bringing the lost to the safety and security of a sovereign father. At its best, the church is a place where the weary find rest. The broken find restoration, the sick find healing. At its best, the church is a place where the destitute find comfort. The low are lifted, the hungry are fed, the naked are clothed. At its best, the church is a place where the sorrowful are comforted. Those who have been cast out are brought in. Those who have been abandoned are affirmed. Those who have been left behind find acceptance and belonging and the church at its best. The church at its best brings joy to depressed hearts, grace to confused minds, and salvation to lost souls at its best. And I believe the church is still the best answer for the world today. The church at its best is the best answer for where we find ourselves right now. There is both a clarion call and a clarifying question that is rightly raised by this father in this text. Can you do anything? Can you do anything? Can you do anything to heal my son? People in communities across this country are asking the same question this morning. Can you do anything? about gun violence in our communities. Church, can you do anything about the moral apathy that exists? Church, can you do anything about the decline in ethical integrity? Can we do anything about failing education systems? Can we do anything to bring hope, health, and wholeness to broken communities? Can we do anything? Critical questions that the church must answer directly not just with statements perfectly crafted not just with sermons with precise articulation and oration but we must answer this question with works and action the church got something to do we prayed over him this father says we laid hands on him nothing happened can't you hear it in modern day language I saw y'all marching out there ain't nothing happened I saw y'all call the prayer meeting Folks still getting shot. I saw you touch and agree. People still killing one another. I saw the community summon on the news. Nothing happened. You've done everything you know to do and still nothing happened. And here's what Jesus says. In the text he says, because of your unbelief. 
says, for if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence from this place and it shall be removed and nothing shall be impossible unto you. In essence, Jesus says, if you're going to get the job done, this work requires faith. The church then must not get confused in our work. This is a faith enterprise. This is a faith walk. We can do nothing without faith. This kind does not happen because of our connections. This kind does not come forth because of our network. This kind does not come forth because of our intellect and our ingenuity. But this kind comes forth because we have faith. Faith in what we do. Faith in whose name we do it. Faith to do things that are beyond our own capability. Faith to minister in ways that we have not ministered before. Do we have the faith to undertake missions that haven't been undertaken? Faith to set goals that have never been set. Faith to heal communities and touch families in ways they've never been touched before. Faith to see what has not been built. Faith to do what has not been done. Faith to say what has not been said. Faith to be where we have never been. Faith to go where we've never gone. Jesus tags this saying on to his teaching when he says, because listen, this kind cometh not but by prayer and fasting. That's what he's saying to his disciples because the disciples have watched Jesus heal this boy. The disciples saw Jesus touch him and this boy is made well. And they raised the question, Lord, why couldn't we do anything? Jesus answered saying, this kind, this kind comes but by prayer and fasting. In other words, faith is not just belief, but faith is putting some stuff down and picking some stuff up. Look at it. Faith comes by fasting. That's putting some stuff down. That's, that's putting your fork down. That's putting your plate away. This kind comes not but by fasting. In other words, sacrificing some things, putting some things in check, denying your flesh and yourself of some comforts, denying yourself of the time that you want for the good of others. This kind, he says, if you're going to do anything about this, you can't put yourself first. If you're going to do something about this problem, you can't have a what's in it for me mentality. If you're going to do something about this problem, you can't worry about who's going to get on the news. If you're going to do something about this problem, you can't worry about who's going to get the credit. If you're going to do something about this problem, you got to put something down. Put your ego down. You got to put something down. Put your own agenda down. You got to put something down. Fasting. afraid that too many times we don't get anything done in our community because we're worried about who's going to get the credit. We're worried about who's going to get the press. We're worried about who's going to be seen. This kind comes not but by prayer and fasting. For this kind of victory you've got to approach it 
in a different kind of way. Three things and I'm through this morning. This kind comes not but by prayer and fasting. For the this kinds of this world, this kind of poverty, this kind of mass incarceration of black males, this kind of community violence, this kind of school underperformance, this kind of homelessness, this kind of hunger, this kind of human need. If we're going to do something about this kind of stuff, comes by prayer comes by fasting so we got to look at three things here it, are, here it is first of all we got to look at the church and its witness the church and its witness the church and its witness one day Jesus was approaching this goes back to what I said about who's getting the press and who's, who's one day Jesus was approached uh, by, by a mother who, who was advocating for her two sons to sit in big seats in Jesus' kingdom. Oh, it's in the text. Say, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, here's what I want. Put one of my boys in this seat. Put another one in that seat. You, you know how mothers do. They, they, they want the best for their child. They, they're looking out for their child. They're advocating for their child. And, 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 and here it is. Jesus is, is having to have a question or a conversation about seats. About who's sitting where. Part of the problem with the church and our credibility in general is that it has been warped because of our witness. Our witness. Where am I sitting? What is my title? How will people refer to me? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. How does the world see the church? What is our witness? We've got to check how we are seen in the public's eye. Number two, we need to be concerned not only about the church and its witness, we've got to be concerned about the church and its worship. One day the Pharisees came to Jesus talking about the disciples not having washed their hands before they ate. You know, the Pharisees were strict on religious codes and rites, just like some people are right now today, outside of the church, and some inside of the church. That's why I took time on last week to talk about the Old Testament and it being replaced by a better covenant, a new covenant. Amen, lights. It is the new covenant of faith that saves us, not the old covenant of works. You can't work your way into heaven. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. And, and you can't keep the 600 plus laws and make yourself good and just in the eyesight of God. That's what Jesus did. Do I have a witness in here? I'm getting all happy again when I think about it because Jesus paid it all. Jesus kept all of the law and then all we have to do is believe upon he who kept the law and then died on an old rugged cross in place of us. 
So, 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 so the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, your, your disciples are not washing their hands. And Jesus had it in for them and said, see, that's what's wrong with y'all. First of all, you're always looking at other folk. Trying to find fault in how they worship. Wish I had a witness in this house. That, that's your problem right there. Instead of you worshiping me, you looking to see what somebody else is doing. Instead of your mind being on me, you watching the crowd and trying to find where somebody misses the mark. I wish I had five or six folk in here who didn't care what their neighbor was doing, but knew that they came here to worship the Lord God. You can't come in the Lord's house watching and seeing who's going to do what and how they're going to do this. This is the Lord's doings. Jesus said, you watching the wrong folk. As long as you're watching folk, you're going to always find a problem. You're going to always find it. Your, your tie don't match your suit. If you're watching folks, you're going to always see a problem. You'll always see a problem. You're going to always find something wrong. Jesus said, that's the problem. Quit looking at how they practice religion. Because first of all, God is more interested in the heart than the hands. He, he, he's concerned, watch this, about your heart being clean, not your hands being clean. What is the condition of the heart? Jesus checked them by quoting scripture that came from Isaiah saying, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Do I have a witness in here? Jesus indicts the Pharisees by saying that your worship has all of the right outward appearance, but there's nothing inside of you that's right. There's nothing inside of you that's holy. There's nothing inside of you that's godly. Yeah, you're doing the law, but there's no love in your heart. When you look holy without any evidence of holiness, when you project one thing and in reality you are another, you are discrediting the witness and the worship of the church. How can you worship God in heaven when you hate your brother right here on earth? See, that's worship. You, you can't worship God in heaven when, when you can't even speak to your sister on the same road with you. So we got to look at the church and our witness, the church and our worship, but then finally the church and its works. The church and its works. The church and its works. The work of loving one another. Jesus says this. He's asked one day, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then he said this, the second is like unto the other. Love thy neighbor as thyself. The work of loving one another. Can we do anything? I, I, believe, I believe we will change the minds of people in the world 
when they see a credible witness of love in the church. That, 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 that when they come into the church, they see and sense and feel the love of God through the love of people. The love of one another. Jesus takes it a step further and says to his disciples, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. If we're going to give evidence to the world that we are the children of God and that in us dwells the presence and the power of God through the Holy Spirit, then it starts with how we treat one another. Ain't no need of you trying to preach and you don't love folk. Ain't no need of you trying to teach and you don't love folk. Ain't no need of you trying to evangelize and win folk to Christ and you don't first love them. How can you tell somebody that God loves them and you don't? How can you convince somebody that God loves them and his ambassador does not? Love. 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 And then secondly, secondly, there's the work. There's the work of not only loving one another, but there's the work, secondly, of evangelism. Spreading the gospel. Jesus says this, and I'm done. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye, he says in the gospel of Matthew 28, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo I'm with you always even to the end of the age Jesus listen here it is Jesus gives the church the greatest commission it could ever have and we don't have to go around trying to find what to do he gave it to us we don't have to go around trying to invent what to do he told us. We don't have to have a vision casting meeting to understand what to do. He gave us the instructions. Go ye therefore. Baptize. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. At the end of the, church, at the, end of the day, if the church is not baptizing, we ain't doing much. If the church is not preaching Jesus, we're not doing much. If the church is not making sure that souls are being saved, we aren't doing much. And yes, we can build communities, but if we have not built up broken hearts, if we have not turned lives around, if we have not introduced the saving power of the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ to lost souls, we haven't done anything. Because the greatest commission we could ever be given it's been given by the Lord himself, the head of the church, who is our foundation. He said, go, baptize, teach. The church has something to do. I said this to a group of us who were gathered at the beginning of the year. I'll share it with you now. Didn't plan on it, but it just came to me. 
I said that if we're burying more people than we're baptizing, we're not doing our work. If we have more funerals than we have baptisms, we're not doing our work. The church has something to do. Let's go do it. Let's do it. Go ye therefore, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to begin this prayer by confessing that there are things that we have not been doing faithfully. There are things that we have not been doing consistently. There are things that we have not been doing regularly. And so, Lord, we begin by praying a prayer of confession. And we ask, oh God, your forgiveness. Forgive us for where we have missed the mark in our Christian witness, in our Christian works. Forgive us, O oh God, that our actions have not met up with our rhetoric. O oh Lord, where we've talked the talk, give us now the strength to walk the walk. that we would not only be hearers of the word, but God, that you would burn a fire so deep in us right now that we would be stirred to be doers. Stir us. Stir us. where we become comfortable stir us where we've eased into convenience stir us where we've allowed mediocrity to creep in and take root where we've allowed good enough to do where we've allowed what we've done in the past to become the standard going forth stir us stir us to do what you have called us to do stir us to be what you have called us to be stir us to go where you are calling us to go stir us to give what you're telling us to give stir us Stir us out of our slumber and out of our sleep. Stir us. Stir us out of our complacency. Stir us. 
we would do all that you call us to do. Stir us to be available. Stir us to be open. Stir us that our hearts might be receptive to the leading of your Holy Spirit. For God, the world needs the witness and the works of the church. So we thank you that we are your bride. We thank you that we have been called to be your hands and your feet. And so God, we pray now that you will use us in a mighty way. That those who are in this world and in this community will know in fact that there is still power in the church. And that the church can do something. And that something starts with salvation. And so right now, as we open these doors to the church... I want to extend the invitation to someone for God to do something in you. Oh yeah, the church got something to do. But God has something to do in you. The Holy Spirit has something to do in you. And if you're here this morning, I want you to open your heart to letting God do in you what he wills, what he wants. Lord, I'm available. Lord, I'm available to you. where you can respond you can respond right now simply by saying yes I'm availing myself to you I'm giving you my heart I'm giving you my hands Lord I'm giving you my life I've tried to do life on my own in my own way according to my own terms and my own agenda but Lord right now today I'm available to you so if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you're here this morning and you perhaps done the church thing but you've never done the God thing in other words you've never been real with God you've never been honest with God you've never been sure that God has saved you through Jesus Christ his son the invitation is extended to you right now wherever you are whoever you are wherever you sit why don't you come right now simply say yes yes Lord I'm giving my life to you right now right now this Sunday morning I'm saying yes. I'm available to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come right now. Lord, I'm available to you. Hallelujah. Won't you come right now? Make the decision this morning. Give your heart to God. Give your soul to the Lord. Give us your hand, but give him your heart. Come right here. Come right now. I'm coming. I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming, Lord. 
to do with me. I know you want to do something with me. I know you want to do something with me, God. I've been putting this off too long. I'm coming, I'm coming. My storage is empty. And I'm available, Lord. I'm available. I'm available, Lord. I've shut myself off. But, Lord, this morning, I'm available, Lord. If you don't have a church home, you've been looking for a church home. You're, you're here this morning. This is your moment. Lord, right now, I'm available. I'm available, Lord. yourself come now you need prayer for your body healing come now because I need you to know something not only can the church do something but we serve a God who's still able I wish I had five or six people I'd make seven who can testify that God is still in the healing business God is still performing miracles. God is still opening doors. 
God is still turning situations around. If you need prayer this morning, come right now because God is still doing something. Listen to what Jesus says. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe this morning? Do you believe this morning that nothing is too hard for God? Do you believe this morning that God is still hearing prayer? Come now, come now. Come now, come now. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. Give your life to Christ. Join the church to my left. Come for prayer to my right. Oh, we're going to wait for you. We're going to wait for you. We're going to wait for you. My storage is empty. And I am available. My storage is empty. And I Bless you. Go in peace.